Good morning, and happy Father's Day to the fathers out there. It's always a gift when we get to gather together for worship on Sundays, but I really like it on the Sundays we get to celebrate uh, our dads and our moms and the other special people in our lives. For me, this Father's Day is really special because my dad is actually here from California to celebrate with me. So dad, I love you, thanks for being here. And for all the other fathers out there who've encouraged young people in their walk, thanks for being great parents and friends to us. Our lives are better because you're around. This spring, we're taking time to look at the disciplines of the spiritual life, the kinds of intentional behaviors that create room in our lives for God to meet us so that we can grow. These disciplines can be hard, and they're things that we have to work at. They take time and focus and energy. But as we go about them, we grow in God's grace. Because as we draw near to God, God always helps us to grow closer to him. This morning, we're going to learn about the spiritual discipline of fasting, the practice of denying ourselves in order to focus more intentionally on God. A Christian who fasts is someone who intentionally stops consuming something to focus more clearly on God. This has been a practice of the Christian faith since its inception, and it was rooted even in the earlier Jewish commands to fast, and the regular practices of fasting. The practice of fasting is a gift from God to help us to grow in faith. Now, it's a rich subject and there's much to it. And so I want to offer the thoughts and the insights that I've had and pray that they help you to grow so that you have another element of faith that you can practice and so that you can continue to grow in your knowledge and love of God. Sound good? Awesome. Fasting begins in refraining from something in order to more intentionally focus on God. First, to fast from something is to refrain from doing it for a set amount of time and for a specific purpose. So if you want to take up the spiritual discipline of fasting, choose a good thing in your life and then choose to not do it for a set amount of time. And with the time that you would have been doing it, wait for God instead. Waiting patiently for God is something that's hard to do in our lives, isn't it? There's so many other things clawing for our attention alongside of God. The kids or the problems at work or our schoolwork if we're students or even our physical fitness as we train for things. Fasting is a practice that helps us to wait for God more intentionally in the midst of all the other things that are clamoring for our attention. That's why we refrain from things when we fast. It gives us a tangible reminder to wait on God. And the absence of what we're fasting from creates space within us. It intentionally removes something so that we can fill it with something else. Like when we take a book off of a bookshelf, it leaves a space behind. There's space for us to meet God in those moments. Like when we fast from a meal and fill that time with prayer. Or when we skip time on our phone for a day and choose to spend time memorizing scripture instead or when we notice that we want to watch TV, but we remember we gave TV up that week to pray for the problem at work. The hunger that is within us when we choose to fast becomes a signpost directing us to God. Because when we fast, we're intentionally choosing to get one-on-one with God, offering him the time and the attentiveness we might otherwise have been giving to eating or to shopping or to watching TV. In short, we're choosing to wait on him more intentionally. And scripture is really clear that when we intentionally wait on God, 
by refraining from things, he meets us in incredible ways. The psalmist who wrote Psalm 40 reminds us of this. David writes, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the desolate pit out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Now the question might rise up within us, what should we give up to wait on God? Well, throughout the ages, fasting has traditionally been associated with food, or more clearly, not eating food for a set amount of time, so that a person can focus on waiting for God more clearly. But fasting really can be a practice where we refrain from anything in our life. Any good thing that we do becomes an opportunity to fast. This might be food or a meal for a time. This might be TV for another person. It might be reading for someone else. Uh, it might be watching TV or YouTube. Only you can know what God is inviting you to fast from. The point is not necessarily in what you're giving up, but what you're choosing to focus on instead. But I want to suggest something, because it's unique to our time here in America right now. Try fasting from food. It's not something that we regularly do as American Christians, uh, when we have three square meals a day and snacks in between. Fasting offers us an opportunity to take up a new practice. But since we don't regularly fast from food, we need to learn how to do it. And so I want to offer a few tips for how you can practically fast from food, if that's where God leads you, so that our attention can be rightly on God and not on the things that we're doing. As with all of the disciplines, there's a progression that should be observed when we fast from food. Don't just try and pull a Jesus or a Moses and jump into 40 days of not eating. It won't go very well. Ease into the practice and start small. Pick a single meal and give it up for a meal. Spend the time that you would have been eating, praying and reading scripture. And then notice what God brings up within you. As this regular fasting becomes part of your rhythm, skipping a meal, uh, try building up to a partial fast of 24 hours. Instead of just skipping one meal, skip two. Skip dinner one night and breakfast the next morning, but make sure you drink juice throughout the time. Uh, it's a big step going for 24 hours without food, and it, it's not something we do normally, and so liquids will help us uh, to keep going. As you fast, it might be tempting to get caught up in the physical sensations of what you're feeling. The hunger pains in your stomach, Noticing your breath smells a little different than normal. You'll probably feel more tired, and I usually get pretty cold when I fast. But these are normal practices and parts of fasting. Don't worry, keep going. Focus on worshiping the Lord in your heart as you fast. Do what you normally do. Become aware of the inner absence of food uh, is working its way out in an attitude of worship. Every task that you do that day becomes a ministry for the Lord. When we choose to worship as we turn our daily activities into prayerful actions. And when you want to break your fast, break it with a light meal of fruits and vegetables. Don't go for something heavy like a big steak or a really big cheeseburger. That will probably just make you feel even worse. Now, after two or three weeks of trying this, you might be ready to build up to a full fast of 24 hours, where you don't eat food but only drink water. As you fast in this time, uh, this becomes 
another opportunity to grow. You'll start noticing the hunger pains more severely when you cut out liquid and juice uh, and you only drink water. But when this discomfort comes up, let it be a signpost that directs you back to God. Don't give in to the grumbling. Uh, you are strong enough to get through this. And when you feel weak, ask God for help and he'll help you get through it. If you can, devote the time that you would spend eating to praying and listening to God. Because the focus of this practice is to worship Jesus. When we fast, we should do so for the right reasons. It shouldn't be about abstaining from food. It should be about worship. And we should make sure we have the right attitude because we want to grow in faith, not in self-righteousness. Jesus teaches us not to perform for others when we fast. I don't know what it is about religious action, but I feel really good when other people notice me doing it. It's really tempting to do good things for other people. Does anybody else feel this tension? I feel good when I go to church, when I read scripture, when I pray, or when I help other people. But I feel really good when other people notice me doing it. And they praise me for it, and they think that I'm a good guy for doing it. Jesus taught his disciples about the dangers of self-righteousness in Matthew 6. And he warned them to be careful with their attitudes when they fast, because it's really easy to fast with the wrong attitude, to want to be noticed instead of focusing on waiting for God. He teaches us this in Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. Jesus teaches, be careful of practicing your righteousness before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. The word for practice here is theathenai. It's the Greek word which describes what an actor does on a stage. When they perform their role in such a way that the crowd notices and applauds them. In Jesus' day, it was common practice for religious people to do religious actions as a way to perform. There were a group of Jewish people who would fast and pray and do works of charity out in public. All good actions, but done for the wrong reasons. And they went about them in the wrong way, looking like they were performing for God when in reality they were performing for the crowds. Jesus saw what they wanted was a claim from others and not from God. They would give money to the poor, but they would do it in such a way that people would see them. They would pray loudly on the street corner so people would hear their acts of devotion. And when they fasted, they would wear special clothing and mark their face up in such a way that people knew what they were doing. It wasn't an act of worship. It was an act of performance. And Jesus is really specific that that's not the right attitude to have when we fast. He points it out. They're acting for the wrong audience. And so God will choose not to reward these actions with his notice because God doesn't want us to try and impress others with our religious actions. The point of these disciplines of the faith is to draw near to God. Our works are good when they're performed in secret with the right attitude for an audience of one, for God alone. So how do we fast with the right attitude? Well, Jesus teaches us this later in Matthew chapter six. The right way to fast is to fast in secret. Don't let other people know what you're doing unless they have to know. He says, and whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. 
But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Remember how I mentioned that there were those groups who did good deeds for other people? One of the ways they let people know that they were devout is they would walk around changing their appearance. It wasn't about their self-deprivation of food and water on the day that they fasted, but their looks. They were gloomy. When the people were fasting, they wanted everybody to know what they were doing. And Jesus doesn't want us to do this. Because when fasting becomes about our performance, it doesn't invite us to wait on God's presence. And so this is why he encourages us to fast in secret, to shower and to put deodorant on, to brush your teeth, to go about your normal routine, to wear what you would normally wear. Don't call attention to whatever you're refraining from, but uh, let it draw your attention to God in private. And as we fast privately, God will see us and reward us. We don't fast to get other people's reward, their applause and acclaim. When we choose to fast in secret, we're choosing to offer our fast to God alone. In this way, fasting is an act of humility, humbling ourselves from doing things for praise or acclaim, and instead choosing to see ourselves as we are before God dependent on his grace. As Christians, fasting offers us an opportunity to humble ourselves before God, to see ourselves in proper relation to God, not as God's equals, but dependent upon his grace. Humility is really hard. It's a discipline to practice humility, to root ourselves deep in God's presence, to acknowledge God as Lord and not us, to see our own shortcomings and failings. And fasting is a practice that helps us to humble ourselves before the Lord. Because when we give up satisfying our appetites, we also seem to learn what truly controls us, what desires and emotions act to usurp God's throne in our life. As we fast, one of the best things we can do is pay attention to what comes up within us. If someone struggles with pride, the pride will come to the surface when they fast. If someone struggles to believe that they're loved, her insecurity will arise. If someone struggles to deal with their anger, as they fast, that will come out. If it's pride, insecurity, anger, bitterness, jealousy, strife, fear, anxiety, or frustration, all of these things will arise in us as we choose to fast. I'm not making these things up. These are things that I've noticed in myself when I fasted. At first, we might be tempted to rationalize, we're just hungry, that's why we're angry, or that's why we're feeling frustrated with people. But as we fast, we'll begin to realize we're angry because there's anger within us that we need to deal with, or there's frustration that we need to deal with, or anxiety. In this way, fasting is a way to humble ourselves to see what truly lies within us. King David wrote in Psalm 69, verse 10, I humbled my soul with fasting. This might feel a bit overwhelming. I mean, who really wants to be confronted with the things that control us? But this awareness is a gift of God's grace through fasting. Because when we humble ourselves before God, we see clearly that God is God and we're not. That we're not perfect. That we need God's grace. And when we bring these things to God, we see that God always forgives us. He wants to help us deal with what controls us to free us through the power of his spirit and to bring us into his mercy. So if we want to grow in our discipleship to Jesus, 
we need to be aware of our growing edges. And fasting helps us understand what these are so that we can bring them to God and receive his grace and his strength to continue our journey through life. God's not expecting any of us to be perfect. He knows that we're not. That was the whole reason he sent Jesus to us, to save us from our sin and our shame. With God's help, we can face the ugly truths about ourselves because we're loved no matter what. We can humble ourselves to see that we need to grow because God has chosen us and cares for us. We can endure the pain of seeing our imperfections because only God is perfect. There's no expectation for us to be perfect. When we acknowledge our weakness, we actually begin in God's strength. The apostle Paul knew this. He was a man who knew what it was like to feel weak, to be in chains, to be tormented with grief and regret. But he also knew that when he recognized his own weakness, that was where strength began. He wrote in 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 through 10, God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell within me. Therefore, I'm content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities for the sake of Christ. For whenever I am weak, then I am strong. When we're weak before God, we're met with his strength and made truly strong. It's only when we humble ourselves and allow us to see that we need God that we get what we need to keep going. Christ's power that is made perfect in our weakness. And so as we fast as a practice of devotion to God, it reminds us that we're weak and we need God's help. And that's a very great place to begin growing in faith. So as we strive to grow as disciples of Jesus, consider fasting as a practice of faith, like a soul check-in or a way to be with God in a new way that you haven't been before. It can be uncomfortable and it will definitely invite you to grow. But that's the point. We want to grow. And fasting is a way that we can take intentional steps toward God, to wait upon him without bragging about it in humility. So let me pray and ask God to help us to keep growing. God in heaven, you give us good gifts and your way leads to life. For those of us that you're inviting to fast, to take intentional time away from our routines, help us to grow as we do this. Lead us to green pastures and to quiet streams so we can be refreshed. Help us to not get discouraged by our growing edges, but to allow those to become places where we can begin with you. Help us to see in our weakness, your power is made perfect and you are the God who uses our weakness to make your grace known. Help us to not perform our fasting for others, but to always ground it in your presence alone. We pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen.